Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Tell It All, where we find hope for our struggles and have a safe place for our vulnerability. I'm your host, Doriani Godoy. What is up, my loves? I am so freaking excited for today's episode. I have a very special guest, Hope. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You are my first guest, so welcome. Thank you. Um, so guys, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Hope before I like let her take over because I want to hear everything she has to offer. But So the reason that Hope and I met was through Lacey, and I have been extremely, extremely blessed by her. And I think it's so funny about how we met the first time because we mm-hmm. were at a birthday party and I literally sat with Hope for like I don't know an hour I think yeah probably and it was like I poured my soul out to her like I literally told her all of my traumas all of my difficulties like I don't even know why I did that but it was like we were in a bubble and I was like hey Hope so um these are all my traumas do you want to talk about them? (laughs) Wait you don't do that with everyone? No. (laughs) (laughs) So literally it was so funny because I remember when we ended that conversation I was like bro like I did that like I literally Mm -hmm. told Hope all my struggles and I met her for one night and like Mm -hmm. It was just, like, such a blessing to me to, like, do that and to, like, pour that out to you because it was just, like, I guess I needed that. And you were, like, that person who met me there. And I didn't even know you. So, like, imagine how much, how amazing our friendship is now that Mm -hmm. we started it in such a vulnerable state. And now we're, like, working through just, like, being normal friends. Yeah. (laughs) So, for today's episode, I asked Hope. I said, listen... I want you to talk about what your biggest struggle in life has been and how you've overcome it. And it's a pretty broad topic. I understand that. But I know she's going to bring it in. So Mm. tell me all about it. Oh, man. The pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I want to say a little bit about um, who you are, Dory. I feel like that is a really special... Like, for, for people to know Dory is for people to know love. It is like this, you just feel, you feel connected to you so fast because of your vulnerability and you're not going to like hide parts of you. You're going to be the real you. And I think that's so special about you as a person, why I instantly fell in love with you. And then what's so special about this podcast as well, why I was so excited and was like, this is the thing because I know that people need to hear someone who's not afraid to tell them what we're all thinking, what we're all struggling with, what we're all wondering. And that's a beautiful thing. So, I'm smiling so big. <laughs> so we did meet um, at a party, and it was a beautiful time. I felt really special um, getting to hear your heart. And I was like, maybe this girl just... I did think maybe she does this with everyone. <laughs> so I feel even more special that you don't. No, I definitely (laughs) don't. My friends don't. Like, I mean, obviously my close friends do, but Mm -hmm. yeah, no, no, no. Like, even when I met Lacey, like, I don't feel like Lacey has heard, like, all of that. I mean, she definitely has now, but I think, Mm -hmm. like, at the beginning of our friendship, I had not said anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it was just, like, the Lord just, like, placed it. Like, you you have such a comforting soul, so I feel Mm -hmm. like the Lord is just, like, open up, like, 
do what you got to do. And it was, it was crazy because I remember walking out of there and I was like, holy crap, like I just poured my soul out to this girl. I have no idea. Had a little (laughs) vulnerability hangover. Literally, I was like, holy cow, what, like, and it was like in front of people too. So I was like, well, everyone was listening. So, but I don't, I don't know for that moment. I didn't care. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. times I've always been so quick, like I'm very vulnerable with my friends, but I'm never that vulnerable, especially in such a big crowd because Mm -hmm. everyone can hear your problems and everyone's like, Oh, this girl has something wrong with her. But it's like, you know, both you and Lacey know my soul so well. Mm -hmm. And you know, Lacey was like, hope was not like, overwhelmed by it or taken like she actually was like holy crap she has her shiz together like Mm -hmm. how is she so like stable after Mm -hmm. everything she's been through so like for me that was a big deal like I was like okay she didn't feel like I was too much you know yeah and I think that's a big fear for all of us we're going we're either thinking like I'm too much for people or we're thinking if people know who I really am they're not gonna want me and so we're, we're all playing this. We're not, not all of us, praise the Lord. Like yeah. so many of us, including myself, we, we play this role of this is who I, who I think I need to be for people to love me. Mm. And it's a really broken system. And it all comes out of this place of, of trauma and hurt. Yeah. Deep down that comes from our experience with life. And all of us have lived a different life. All of us have lived different experiences but we all have so many common pains. Mm. And that is something that's so dear to my heart. That's something I think that connects us all, that if we all were open about it, we would see that the thing that we're so worried about people finding out about this, finding out about us, like, oh, I'm so broken, I'm so like messed up, I'm so depressed or whatever. If we were all just open, we would see that we're all in the same field and we could get healing into all of us at the same time and then we could all be living victorious and it would be lit yeah it would be amazing you know suppress it and then when we're 40 50 years old we're like holy crap like really am struggling with this yeah Yeah. so I'm very thankful that like because I know a lot of my like I went to see therapy like I went to a therapist and when I talked to her I was like I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know I had all these problems. Mm. Like, literally, like, you know, and I was like, uh, yeah, me either. (laughs) Like, she was like, I didn't know you had those. I didn't know I had them. And like, so when I poured my soul out to you, I found out more Mm -hmm. stuff that I Mm -hmm. had wrong that I was like, wait, what? Like, she hadn't, like, when I went to therapy, hadn't met me there like you had. And I remember listening to the, what is the podcast we listen to? The Connected Life. Yeah, The Connected Life. When I was listening to her podcast about her mom, yeah, how much it related. And, how, like, I was, like, in tears when I was listening yes. to it because I was like, <gasps> like, holy crap, this is crazy. And I hadn't realized that was an issue until I had poured my soul out to you mm. and said, wow, I am walking through this and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have realized that that was a thing unless I had been like, hey, Hope, here's my soul. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's such a good point. That's that's one of the things I want to talk about, but I want to circle back around to The Connected Life. It's by Abby and Justin Stumvall, and it's one that Dory and I, it was really interesting because I think you listened to it even before we met, maybe? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. But it was, that That was really, it's this incredible podcast that is all about emotional health. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's beautiful. That's the thing that, that awakened my, they, they call it kind of like uh, they as in like therapists or whatever, yeah. like an awakening 
where you finally realize that the state that you've been living in, whether that's anxiety, depression, hopelessness, a numbness to life, when you realize that that doesn't have to be your forever. Mm. It's like this awakening of like, oh my gosh, I have to do something. I will not spend one more day living the life that I've lived. And so that was the mother series on that podcast was the awakening for me where I knew I had all these struggles and I got I got stuck in what what's called emotional flashbacks all the time where I'm reliving these memories and I'm sitting in a state of just like complete overwhelm and hopelessness and it's my past affecting my present life and I just thought there has freaking got to be a different way to live and so listening to that podcast and getting getting the hope from the mother series all of us really I'm speaking to everyone here we have at some level a father wound or a mother wound and that's just life unfortunately because we live we live in the world there's so much trauma there's so much hurt in this world we need Jesus and so we're all creating and living in these pain cycles that perpetuate through generations and so the, tr- the truth being that we all have a, a mother wound or a father wound is not something to think, oh, I'm just this unbelievably broken human and there's nothing that can be done for me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we all have a piece of that is our hope to know that we can all also have healing in that. And we can all just be living, again, victorious lives. So I'm going to go ahead and, and jump into quote, my biggest struggle, which I was asking Dory before we started, like, what, there's like a lot of biggest struggles. Which one do you want me to talk about? <laughs> and uh, the, the one that I landed on um, for today that I feel like the Lord has um, put on my heart just because it's been the, one of the biggest breakthroughs for me just in this last year of my life. And I want people to know the same hope because I don't think many of us realize the hopelessness that we're living in. It's like a subconscious hopelessness. And that is in the subject of our, our God wound. So like, we got all these wounds, like the mom, the dad, the God. <laughs> so many wounds. So many wounds, y'all. Y'all need to get some Band-Aids. <laughs> I'm bleeding out over here. <laughs> um, but that's, that's the beauty of humanity. Like, yeah. there is no... Perfection is not obtained at all yeah and and it's not something that we have to be sad about you know like this is just humanity it'd be horrible to be perfect are you kidding me Mm -hmm. so much pressure that's true (laughs) that's very true Uh, so okay so what it what it looked like in my life was living a life in in cycles of depression anxiety hopelessness overwhelmed and this moment of going there's got to be a different way to live so if you know Jesus, this relationship with him, right, he's, he's supposed to be savior of your soul. He's supposed to be the answer to everything. And when you live in the, in the cycle of depression, anxiety, hopelessness, overwhelm, you're going, it doesn't make sense. Like if, if Jesus is the answer, if God is my perfect father, why do I feel like this? Like why, how dare he make me for me to feel like this my whole life. Mm. And so just this, this moment of coming to this awareness of, wait a second, I don't think he did 
<laughs> like if he's yeah. a good God, if all these things I'm hearing are, are about his goodness and his perfect fatherhood, like there's got to be something better. Mm. And here's what it looked like for me. So, so I've got this belief system. A belief system is something that, that we form when we're little because that's when our brain is learning how to think. So everything that we're struggling with right now in our present, whatever age we are right now, mm-hmm. the odds are the root is back when we were little because that's when we were forming our belief systems. That's how we view life. So everyone's living, this is a lot of words I'm about to say, everyone's living in the same world, mm-hmm. right? Like we're here together, but we're experiencing it differently. We go in, let's do like a party um, example or whatever, we go into a party and let's say my perception of the party is like, this freaking sucks. No one here is nice to me. Like I, they don't want me here. And, and say Dory goes into the same party and she's like, oh my gosh, everyone here is amazing. Everyone loves me so much. This is such a fun party. We're at the exact same party and we're experiencing it way differently that's and that's the same way that we experience life wow, so I never thought about it yeah like that. that's it's crazy. it's trippy and so yeah. so these belief systems so that's basically what a belief system is we experience life differently depending on what our belief systems are mm. our belief systems how they rule us day to day is repetitive thoughts that run through our mind oh wow yeah so a repetitive thought that I was finding inside myself as I process this whole like why does God hate me belief system was that I'm always disappointing God and in in my mind what was happening was it felt like God gave me salvation but now he's holding that gift over me every single day saying you better freaking make up for that you better make up for the fact that I saved you and that's an awful feeling, right? Yeah, that's that's stressful. Too much. Yeah. So I started meeting with someone who really helps me focus on what my beliefs are and dig them out. Because if you want to live a victorious life, you have to spend time with yourself. You have to begin to know yourself in order to find out what's ruling you, what you're what you're believing, what repetitive thoughts are making you act the way you act, say the things you say, feel the way you feel. And so with this belief system that I was finding of, I think God hates me, what I did was I sat down, simplest thing in the world, it's it's crazy that this is the way you do it, (laughs) sat down with a notebook and started to write down every thought that came to my mind about what I believed about God. And as I started to write, like you start, and if, if you've grown up in church, you're going to have certain answers, right? You're going to be like, Jesus is the savior of the world. God loves me. The Bible says so. You're going to have all these answers. Okay, if you don't grow up in the church, you're also going to have answers. Everyone has like the, the answers that are logic in their mind of yeah, what they the believe basics. about God. But then the, the powerful thing about writing giving your space to write is you are basically verbally processing because like writing is talking honestly yeah it's just quiet yeah it's like when you're journaling or something yeah yeah 
and you begin to discover what you actually believe. So I sat down, and, and this was a, an assignment from the life consultant that I work with. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love God. Like, mm, I'm going <laughs> to get this. I'm going to achieve this. I'm a three on the Enneagram. And I was like, I am going to do so good at this homework. And I start writing, you know, Jesus is the Savior. God loves me. The Bible says so. And <laughs> you start writing out, like, songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus loves me. <laughs> and... Um, the more I write, the more like coming out of my mouth, coming out of my heart, into my hand, into the pen on the paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. is this like, uh, I'm never enough for God. God is constantly disappointed in me. I'm so disobedient. And if I was just better, then God could actually love me. And I, it was just like toppling all these things of like, God can't love me. That like unconditional love is for everybody else and it's it's not it doesn't get to be for me. I don't get to have this gift that everyone else and it was just all these things that I was finding out that I felt about God. And imagine if you believe that, that's the repetitive thoughts that are subconsciously running your life, how you're gonna view life. You're going to be so depressed. You're going to be so hopeless. You're going to be so overwhelmed because God hates you in your yeah. mind. That's crazy. So the the simple step we're talking about, like, how do you work through your struggle or whatever? <laughs> yeah. um, and don't worry, I'm not free yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I can't say that I can't relate, but I definitely think that that's, it's definitely, that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, he is our world. And he is our father, and he's the one who's leading us. So if you believe that the Lord doesn't like you or that mm-hmm. disappoints you, like, and you've already created that belief system throughout your entire life, yeah, it's like having to break that chain every single day of your life and choosing to not have that thought and that mentality and that take over your life the way it did before, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. if you think that. So, okay, on the service level, logically, I did not think that. You know, I was like, God is good. I'm going to church. Like, I'm, I'm singing worship songs. Yeah, like, I'm telling, tell I'm, telling, I'm telling everybody else that Jesus is the answer. Mm. And yet I'm feeling like he's not. Like, what? Yeah. And, uh, it's like hypocrisy kind of thing. Yeah. To yourself. A hundred percent. And it's, that's just... It's it's just crazy. So yeah. so in the in the midst of of finding out what I really believed about God, then I could see how I was always restless in my life. Mm. How I was always people pleasing in my life. How I was always codependent to feel good about myself. Because if if your root belief is I suck so much not even God can love me, Everything in your life is going to follow that. Your life, you step outside of yourself, you look at your life, and you see what your life is proving to you about what you believe. So it's like you have all these logic answers, but your life actually tells you what you believe. And my life did not have very good fruit in it. Like the fruit that said, like, hope is loved, hope has peace, hope has hope. Like, hope didn't have any of that. She felt like trash. Because subconsciously, she believed she was. 
And so just that moment when we give ourselves the space, I'm an extrovert. Dory's an extrovert. Like It's funny because we're both Enneagram 3s. We're so... Oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like... We love to be with people. People energize us, right? But the thing is, when we... When we run from the pain that's inside of us, we fill it up by staying on our phone a ton. We fill it up by watching a ton of TV, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, like the million other like streaming systems that are happening. And uh, we fill it up with keeping our schedule so full Mm. with either we're volunteering because again, like we hate ourselves, so we need to make up for it. Mm, Or we... Not we, like, I'm just going to talk about myself because I don't no, want to be like, everyone it, hates their stuff. No, I definitely don't think anyone's, like, taking that as, like, you're calling them out, which, I mean, honestly, you might be calling some people out, including myself. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, there's so much more I want to, like, go into this with, but I want I want to focus. Yeah. So something like I would... do it. Like, I want to hear everything on your brain. Oh, my gosh. Everything. You just opened... <laughs> what door have you opened? <laughs> Give me back the key. I'm locking it. <laughs> it's... Oh, my goodness. It's no, so I good. want you to okay. say everything on your mind because mm. it's, like, you're... It's amazing. Like, every, the way you're processing, like, what you're feeling mm. is so amazing because I don't feel like people really process that feeling with Jesus. Like, you know, and guys, I've, hope is literally amazing. And like the way that I come to hope with my problems, I'm just like, hey, this is happening. And she always does this exact same thing with my problems. And I love it because she'll be like, okay, let's talk. Like, why do you, why do you think you do that? And it's not, she's not letting, she's not telling me what I need to do or where this is coming from, but she's letting me walk through that process and saying like well why do you feel like that and I'm like well I guess it's just from like that feeling of pleasing and she's like okay come on bring it in so it's like I love the fact that because I feel like you're also like if someone can relate you're helping them walk Mm -hmm. through that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I just my whole spiel in life is I don't want people to feel like I have felt for 25 years Mm. you know I'm 26 now so that means like a year freedom (laughs) (laughs) you're like yes I have another question for you after you kind of feel but um I can say it now or where I can wait whatever you want me to do oh I mean it has definitely to do with this so it was like go ahead so it's how did this mm-hmm. affect your marriage? Whoa, spicy! <laughs> so, just because I yeah. know so many, like as a Christian, we're all like, we want to get married, blah, yeah. blah blah. Like, we want to have a boyfriend, and the 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 ultimate calling is marriage and kids and all yes. this stuff. So, like, how did you not processing that before you made that commitment mm-hmm. affect the way that you and Zachary just like walked through life? Yeah, You know, like, how did that affect the way that you carried your relationship? If you believe the Lord didn't love you, then did you believe that Zachary didn't love you enough? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how did it connect? So, oh, beautiful question, Dory. <laughs> so, yes, Zachary is my beautiful husband. He goes by Zach. I call him Zachary. So everyone I know, I make them. Call him Zachary. I don't make them. <laughs> everyone, you can't make someone do something. They have to agree with it in order to do it. But... Everyone I know calls him Zachary too because <laughs> I don't because you do. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So we've been married for six years, mm-hmm. and I would say in this journey, oh my gosh, it's it's been so beautiful. Because here's the thing, guys: when you 
commit to facing the pain inside of you and you stop running, it feels a level of selfish Mm. because you have to constantly spend time with yourself because you you have to get to know yourself in order to find out number one what you believe Mm. number two where that belief comes from and then number three to to be there stay there long enough with yourself to begin to heal and so like when we're used to people pleasing and we're codependent and all that stuff we can't it, it feels, spending time with ourselves feels incredibly selfish because it's not our normal. Especially in a marriage. Even. Yeah, yeah. And not that I was, oh my gosh, not that I was a selfless wife. No. <laughs> I was not. And, and I was selfish. Not. I meant, I'm glad you said selfish. Because <laughs> I go like, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, okay. But, but what it looked like was in, in marriage, if I couldn't believe that God loved me. Then I was constantly so needy mm. for love because nothing that anyone did for me filled that belief inside of me that I can't be loved. Mm. So it was making like, I need you to spend all your time with me, Zachary, but I still can't feel loved. Mm. I need you to give me all your attention, Zachary, but I still can't feel loved. Because there, the belief system means there's repetitive thoughts inside of me going, I can't be loved, I can't be loved, I can't be loved. And so it creates this wall from yeah. love getting in. So yeah. what it looked like in my marriage was I was needy. And that, so we're not going to ever shame ourselves no. for living out of cycles of pain. Because if I didn't know what I believed, of course I was being needy. Because there was nothing inside of me saying, Hope, this is why you're being needy. It's because you don't believe that you're lovable. Yeah. You know, so. Which is crazy because you're one of the most lovable people I know. You know so it's thank like, you. Yeah, you not believe Yeah, that. That, I mean, and that, and that shows how mean our belief systems are to us and how yeah. they don't serve us. It's like a monster. Mm-hmm. So in, in marriage, it was, it was neediness. It was, Zachary would do beautiful kind things for me and I couldn't feel Mm. I couldn't feel the love from him and it was it caused a lot of um confrontation not confrontation no yeah yeah yeah. confrontation because it was like our arguments and and fighting would come up because I'm like you don't you don't love me you don't care about me and he's like what are you talking about like I do all of this just with you in mind but I couldn't feel it. He's like, I'm obsessed with you. You're, like, what? <laughs> you're like, you're not obsessed with yeah, me. Yeah, that's really what it looks like. So imagine, like, if you're not even married, just imagine how much that's affecting your life. Yeah, like you're literally pushing to your friends to find that type of like um, love, mm-hmm. and they can't give it to you, and they're not even like committed to you the way that a married, like a husband is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so, so 100% being able to begin to process this God wound in my life, Zachary is like, oh my gosh, Hope, you're such a good wife now. <laughs> He's like, bro, this is the girl I married. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good. So we watch as our healing, as we commit to healing, number one, it feels cringy mm. because it's painful. 
We've got to stop running for our pain. But number two, when we do that, we affect everyone around us. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so important that we don't just heal for ourselves. We heal for everyone that we care about. Yeah. Like if we, if we notice these cycles in ourselves of like, why am I always like so rude to people? Or like, why am I always feeling like people hate me? Or like, why do I have no real connections in my life? Mm. All of that comes from the same brew inside us. If we can get hope and healing to that place inside of us, yeah. we will watch our outer life completely transform. And it is beautiful. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who is maybe like engaged or in a relationship mm. and they need to like walk through that how do they approach it because I mean at least like in a relationship like boyfriend and girlfriend like our age between like my age and like yours like you know there's Mm -hmm. a couple years but you know this is kind of the time when people do get engaged but if someone's listening and they're saying holy crap like this is my issue where or someone who even is engaged and like wait I already talked about engaged or like just in a like relationship in general and they're like and they're, what if their partner is struggling with that? Or they want to heal, but their partner isn't giving them that space to heal. Oh, yeah. Like, how does that How does that connect? Like, do, does that person say, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I really need a time to heal for myself. Or, like, what's the ne- what would, mm-hmm. would you say, like, should be the next step for mm-hmm. them? You know? And especially someone who's engaged, who's, like, going through the process of, like, getting married. Yeah. Like... And they're trying to walk through this healing, which takes a lot of your energy. It does. Sorry. That's a really good question because, so there's two things here. Okay. When you start the healing process, that like awakening of there's got to be something more to this life I've been living. Number one, I'm doing lots of like bullet points all throughout this. No, but I number one, <laughs> number one, um, it does take a lot of your energy. Mm-hmm. It's also really painful and not everyone is ready for that pain. So it, it, it scares people when you are like, I'm freaking digging into my childhood or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll find pushback in that sense. Okay. Yeah. But if you are in a relationship and you begin to start this healing journey where you're like, I'm going to figure out what my belief systems are. I'm going to figure out the repetitive thoughts that are running my life and I'm going to get freedom. And I'm just freaking committed to pursuing the pain to get freedom. Mm. If your significant other sees that and if they're, if they're freaked out by it because it is scary, then they can do one of two things. Like they can get really defensive because it pushes on their triggers and their pain to see you start dealing with yours because mm. it reminds them of what they have. And they can either be like, okay, like I'm so excited for you because I see the changes. Yeah. yeah, The changes that are happening in you. And I see a different you where you're not super depressed all the time, where you're asking lots of questions and you're really curious about knowing more. You're trying to find the real truth about God. You're trying to find the real truth about life. And, And they're either excited by it or if they completely shut it down, like there's always, always grace. Mm. Like if you know that this person is the person that you are meant to be with, like the Lord has given you 
all kinds of direction in your relationship with them, then even if they push back and they're uncomfortable with the journey you've started, like there can be grace there. Yeah. But if you see a level of like, I don't want you to do that, mm. that's stupid, then it should be something that you just become really aware of, yeah. of, of what happens for the rest of our life. Say you're getting married or whatever. What happens for the rest of our life? Do I have to stay in this box of comfortability for my future spouse? Yeah. Or do we both want growth? I talk, when I talk to people about how do you know like if you should date someone or something like that, the key is not necessarily where you're at when you start dating. It is do you both desire growth? And if you're both desiring growth, committed to growth, then you can get through whatever you need to get through. Yeah. But if if one person in the relationship is just, this is who I am and that's it. Like, I just yell at people all the time. That's just who I am. Mm. Like, I just get fits of anger and throw things all the time. That's just who I am. Like, if there's any of that, like, I am who I am and that's it, guess what? Praise the Lord, that's not true. Yeah. Our brains always have the capability and the capacity to grow and change like all that stuff we've heard in the past about like your brain stops learning or whatever at 25 I don't know I think I just heard that when I was a little kid or something yeah but someone like told you that yeah yeah it's not true like our brain always has the capacity can't talk our brain always has the capacity for growth for healing for change mm. and so if the person one person in the relationship is pursuing health, healing from toxic belief systems, and the other one is not there yet. The only thing that really needs to be there is that person going, I'm so happy for you yeah. that you're growing and changing. And or like, hey, help me do that too. Mm-hmm. The willingness for growth is the only thing you need. If there's complete pushback, and yeah. they don't want you to grow, that's a good sign of, like... Yeah, you need to run. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, if he doesn't want you to, like, grow, especially in your relationship with Christ, then what is he really... What is he really What's doing? What's he doing? Yeah. No, that's a lot. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for answering my questions. Thank you. Okay, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little practical steps, because it's not fun to hear a bunch of knowledge and just be like, That's good! What do I do? That's so frustrating. So here's some practical steps. Number one. Back to my bullet points. No, I love it. Teacher (laughs) hope. Number one is first find out what you believe. Okay? So that the easiest practical way is you've got to start writing. And so many people are like, I'm just not a journaler. Like, I hate writing. But it's that's the powerful moment when your brain can process what you actually believe. Otherwise, if we just think about it, okay, two, one of two things can happen. Either we don't let ourselves think about it because we're doing that thing where we fill our schedule and we get on Netflix and we scroll on our phone to run away because pain is pain and it's not fun. Yeah. Or we just think about it a lot. We get really introspective, which introspection can be, I don't know if that's a real word, 
I know introspective I is. <laughs> but, I don't know. But when Honestly, just... I say so many words on this podcast and half the uh, time I always go, um, I think that's how you use it <laughs> because I like don't actually know. It's part of humanity. Literally. We'll, we'll just go back to that. But um, when we just think about things, all of our different directions of our thoughts are swirling in our brain mm-hmm. and oftentimes we cannot come to real conclusions. And when we make ourselves, and sometimes it is a make, not a like joy, yay, I'm going to. (laughs) I'm going to journal tonight. (laughs) When we make ourselves begin to write things down, there's so much like solidity. I'm using words that don't work. No, I love them. (laughs) No, I think that is. Okay. Even if it's not, you get the gist. (laughs) When we make ourselves do that, solidifies, that's what I'm going for, solidifies what we really are thinking about gets the fears out. A lot of times, if you have anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety can be, you can you can uh, jump out of the trigger of anxiety that like, <gasps> my heart's pounding or my chest is tight or I can't breathe. You can get out of that by journaling out, this is making me feel anxious, number one. This is making me feel anxious, number two. And writing it all down so that your brain is free from the swirling racing thoughts that's how they describe the anxiety a lot of times like the racing thoughts you get those thoughts out so that you can feel freedom and you can feel release okay so that's a side tangent no that's good yeah yeah no i'm i'm like learning so much today i feel like i'm about to change my life (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so good and it's i mean maybe it's hard yeah but Oh, I know. Do you want freedom? The process you know? of recovery and freedom is not easy. But it's just those words. Like, each tiny step you take feels incredible. Yeah. So it's not like, I have to do all this freaking hard work, and like in a year I'll feel good. In two years I'll feel good. In three years. It's every single conscious decision you make, every time you journal, you feel incredible. Yeah, because you're like pouring it all out into the You're paper. starting the press. Okay, okay. So back to the steps. The number one step is writing out every thought. Let it tumble so you find out what you actually believe. Number two is like a no, no, a one point five is um one and then a <laughs> yes one at the bottom right a yeah you have to give yourself the space to do that. So one of the things that happened for me was we're in a global pandemic. You everything's getting canceled, and you have lots of time. Yeah. Um. So, but if if that if you're not in a pandemic, you know, <laughs> you know, you I don't have think to I be. Think everyone's in a pandemic yeah. right now. But let's say like five years from now, please, yeah. Lord. <laughs> um, you you have to give yourself the time, and that's hard if you're an ex- extrovert. Yeah. You have to give yourself the time. So that you can find out what you really believe. Otherwise, when we run from our pain, which is what filling our schedules really full is, like I understand responsibilities. You got school, you got work, you're trying to be intentional with friends. Yeah. But when we know that we're filling our schedule too much, or we're scrolling on our phone and it's like 11 p.m., 12 p.m., 1 a.m., you know, yeah. and we're just keeping going, we're running away from our pain. So if we give ourselves the opportunity, like a good parent that says, no, no, we're done right now, we're going to spend some time in rest. And that rest is that time with ourselves to meet ourselves for the first time. 
if we've been running for a really long time because life is painful, sometimes we have to meet ourselves for the first time. Yeah. So we're journaling, we're finding out what we believe, we're giving ourselves intentional rest, we're playing a good parent to ourselves. Because listen, a lot of us, like we talked about earlier with the mother and the father wound, yeah. a lot of us haven't experienced what a good parent is. And when we begin to model a good parent to ourself, that is one of the ways we meet God as the perfect father. That's so good. I feel like I'm on a cloud right now. Because you're like talking to me and I'm like, it's also, yeah, I love it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So finding out what we believe, beginning to treat ourselves like a really good parent would treat their little precious child. Yeah. And then the next thing that we do on our practical step, okay, so that was point two, treating ourselves like a good parent would. Number three is beginning to rewrite our belief systems, Mm. okay? So the easiest way to do that, here's what I do when I'm really, like, stuck in a pattern. Sticky notes. You got a room, you got a house, you got an office, you have somewhere that's yours. You put those sticky notes everywhere your eyes look Mm. so that... So like we talked about, a belief system is a pattern of repetitive thoughts. Repetitive thoughts happen that so much that they're running your life. They're putting those glasses on for which you rule or for which you view your world, okay. making you view the world in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Repetitive thoughts. So if we want to, we find out our repetitive thoughts by journaling, mm-hmm. writing out everything we believe, when we find out, oh my gosh, I believe that God hates me and I'm telling myself that every day. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. So we find out that's a repetitive thought in our belief system. Then when we're on step three and we're healing out of those repetitive thoughts, all we're doing is creating re- new repetitive thoughts. We're creating a new belief system of repetitive thoughts. So we had a toxic one that created was created when we were little and we were learning how to view the world. So now because we talked about how our brain always has the capacity to grow, heal, change, we get to just rewrite that belief system. But just like a little kid, it took us a while to begin to repetitively think the toxic thing. So it's going to take us a while to begin to repetitively think the beautiful thing. Okay, So the sticky notes help. Because every time our eyes go across it... You're like reading it. Yeah, you're reading yeah. it. And, and that can be things like when you find out what a belief system is, so we're going to use the God wound example. Uh, if the thought was, I'm always disappointing God. That's the natural repetitive thought we have. We're just going to switch it to God is a really good dad who gives really good gifts. He's always proud of me. Mm-hmm. He's never mad at me. God is not disappointed in me. God champions me. God is perfect. God thinks I'm perfect. I am not too small for God. God is bigger than anything that I face. And we're, we're literally, we're thinking of anything of what, we're going back to step number two, what would a perfect parent want their little kid to know about God? Mm. And that's what we're putting on our sticky note. God thinks you're amazing. If you're talking to a little kid, yeah. God thinks you're so beautiful. God thinks you are spectacular. God has the most beautiful plan for your life. God loves giving you good gifts. Because guess what? Sometimes we doubt that. Mm. We're like, I don't deserve anything. Like we have these, just these these painful thoughts that rule our lives. And we think, 
like, God doesn't want to give me good things because, like, I'm going to get selfish and I'm going to get conceited. And, like, if I have good things, then, like, I'm not focusing on God. Yeah. But what do you do when, when, let's pretend we're a parent, when we give our little kid a beautiful gift because we love them so much? Does that little kid go, Mommy, I hate you! No. Like, it's all about me! <laughs> no. Like, so there's, <laughs> of course, okay, there's a spectrum of everything. Yeah, of course. But normally. Yeah. There, our, our little kid, if we were a little kid and we, and we received a beautiful gift, we would be so thankful. Yeah. We would be like, oh, mommy, thank you so much. Like, you thought about me. You paid attention to what I liked. You, you spent your money and time on me shopping. And you gave this to me because you knew that it would put a smile on my face, it would warm my heart, it would be so sweet, you know? Yeah. Like, and so when, when God gives us good things, it draws us closer to him. And so we can always be looking out, expecting God's giving me good things because yeah. he's a really good dad who loves giving presents to his kids. Yeah. And it's not like physical presents, like God's going to give me new Nikes. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> it appears at your front door like new Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it is in any sense. But, <laughs> but when God gives us good things, that's like God provided money for my rent. Mm. God provided this job where my boss is really kind. God provided my car to start. Like any anything that happens, that's a good gift from God. And when we make that our new repetitive thought, yeah. we see it all the time. If it's our repetitive thought, we're like, oh my gosh, look at this good thing God just gave me. Look at this good thing God just gave me. Yeah. And think about like if that's your focus, that's your lens of life, you feel pretty lit like yeah. all day. Where your repetitive thought before, your toxic belief system was telling you, nothing good happens to me, God hates me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your focus, so that's all you're seeing. Yeah. And it's really it's really crazy that we're all living in the same world. We're experiencing it but in we think different, differently. Our different belief systems make us either see the really toxic things or the beautiful things. So, yeah. what are we doing, kids? Number one. We're writing down as much as we can. We're dumping our emotions so we can figure out what we believe. Mm-hmm. Number two, we're treating ourselves like a really good parent. We're giving compassion to ourselves. We're giving understanding to ourselves. Because when we model a good parent to ourselves, we understand how God feels about us. Mm-hmm. And then number three, we're rewriting the belief systems in any way we can by forming new repetitive thoughts to run our life. And it feels crazy, feels stupid at first, because our regular life is chaos, our regular life is negative thoughts, like, and that's so normal to us. You know when people do like self-deprecating humor, they're like, oh, I'm such a loser, lol. Yeah. Um, or not even if it's humor, just in general. Like, we think it's so normal to be mean to ourselves. Which like, is it's, so not okay, yeah. Yeah, it's culturally acceptable. And what's weird is to each other. I think that that irritates mm. me so much. I cannot stand like well friends that do. If you don't, if you don't know that that's harmful, yeah, you don't know. True. So now we know. Now y'all know. (laughs) Now you know. Everybody listen. Don't be don't be insulting your friends (laughs) (laughs) or yourself or yourself or yourself because we're gonna treat ourselves like a good parent would treat their kid. Yeah. And then we're gonna rewrite the belief systems. Okay. Everybody know what they're doing. (laughs) Everybody wrote it Everybody down. got their homework? 
I love that. No, literally, I just I'm so in awe with like how well you have like said everything. And mm-hmm. um, so those were like the three elements that helped you get through, yeah, your struggle right yeah. now and everything. So, so some that. other since we're talking about like it specifically being a God wound, something that was really important was, um, oh my gosh, this this changed my life. <gasps> so. I was looking, I was like, I don't understand. Like, it just seems like God is so mean. Like, I read the Bible and like my belief system, my toxic repetitive thoughts are helping me see all the things where I'm like, oh, I bet God was really mean when he said that. I bet God was really like mad like when he said tone that. Of voice in yes. Your head. Yes. So, tone of voice, baby. Let's talk about one sentence, two tones of voice. In the realm of reading the Bible, So this is not a verse. This is the example sentence. The sentence, hope you messed up. Mm. Okay? We're going to do it with a tyrannical condemning voice, and we're going to do it with a compassion voice. Same exact sentence. So if it is condemning, hope you messed up. Mm -hmm. Compassion, hope you messed up. Mm. Same sentence. So when we're reading the Bible based on our belief systems, we're giving a tone of voice to every single verse that we read. And we're confirming, it's called confirmation bias, we're confirming the toxic belief in our head Mm. by reading every single verse with this God hates me tone of voice. So if we had the belief system of God is the greatest dad in the world, or not in the world because he's outside of the world <laughs> and the universe <laughs> yeah it's it's a whole different tone of voice yeah. it's a tone of voice of compassion correction out of love and champion championing us and it changes that. everything so that was another like really practical thing i did yeah. uh, with regard to a god wound i definitely think i will personally take that one in because i think for me I truly, I I think, like, after talking, I think I have a God wound. (laughs) But just, like, for me, when I have, like, make mistakes or go through anything, I have that same mentality of, Mm -hmm. like, the Lord is yelling at me. He's Mm going to punish me. He's going to take away something that's good because I didn't do exactly what he wanted me to do. So, like, growing up with my background, like that is such a common thing and like I'm just gonna say it like Catholic church Mm -hmm. and like and if you're Catholic don't be offended but like that's just like the way that I experienced the Catholic church was like my family my friends even the people around us would say are you don't do that the Lord will punish you don't Mm -hmm. say that the Lord will punish you oh you treat your parents poorly they'll punish you like so it was always that mentality of like the Lord is going to punish me he's going to punish me and even now knowing that the Lord is a good God and that he is not you know he he disciplines but he does not punish Mm -hmm. you know and so but I still till this day will do something wrong have a bad thought or like maybe treat someone poorly and say Lord don't punish me for doing that I will do better Mm. when in reality the Lord is like um like I'm not gonna punish you but we will talk about it Mm -hmm. you know we'll have a conversation on how do we treat people or what you need to do the next time this presents itself but Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna get out my belt and beat you because of the fact that you 
made a mistake Mm -hmm. like you're human and you're my child and I love you and I'm not gonna do that to you but that's like still that mentality that I have in the back of my head constantly where it's like he's gonna punish me he's upset I'm not gonna do enough I can't be enough because how many people remind you every day even in the church like we are um so not worthy of his love we're not worthy of his grace we're not worthy of him dying on the cross now is that true yes like we are nowhere near worthy of it but that doesn't mean that the lord is going to bring that up every single time and say you weren't worthy of me dying for you it's the opposite he actually tells us like not really a lie but like he's like you are worthy of my sign of my son getting on that cross and dying for you Mm -hmm. no matter what you believe Mm -hmm. is your worth and so that's like so hard I believe for so many Christians and so many of us to really sit down and say the Lord does love us he did die on the cross because he believed that we were enough Mm -hmm. so um, it's all about love you know as as we discover who God is the whole the whole journey of like knowing ourselves, finding our pain getting to the root finding out who God is in that whole discovery, what we're doing is we're discovering what real love is, mm. you know. And when we understand real love, all of our actions change because we're able to act out of real love. Because it's a depravity mentality that mm. makes us act out, right? So, yeah. like, when, say, like, you're mean to your friend or something, if God's a perfect dad, he's going, Dory, let's talk about why do you think you were mean to that friend? Like, what caused that lash out? Were you really tired? Were you feeling really misunderstood? Were you feeling alone? And he's going to, like, walk us through that process. And that's what he's going to use to help us feel so loved, like, so filled by him that we don't want to do that to our friends anymore. Mm. We don't need to because we've got the healing inside of us that we're able to live, again, using that word, out of victory yeah and it changes so knowing god changes everything in our life because we're not living out of a state of depravity anymore yeah we're living out of freedom yeah and i think you know as we speak of being deprived of the lord you know it like brought up the fact that we were talking before this about how i was like next week i'm gonna take it just for myself like all this stuff but it's like I think a lot of people, because they're running from their pain, Mm -hmm. will fill up their schedule. And Mm -hmm. then, like you always remind me, like, don't abandon yourself Mm -hmm. in that. Because I think a lot of people will say, um, okay, well, I didn't abandon myself today. I went to the gym. Like Like I was telling you, like, I didn't abandon myself physically. But I did abandon myself emotionally and, like rest wise and so that lashing out is so real because so many of my friends are getting like the the end of the tail of like what I'm capable of you know mm-hmm. like me not being extremely present when I'm with them me being exhausted when I'm with them because I am trying to please and it, I guess like feel feel that emptiness inside with their presence but because it's not enough because the lord is the one who needs to feel that not them it's become such a problem of like lashing out you know so i feel like a lot of people can definitely relate to that type Mm. of stuff but yeah all of us yeah we're just little kids we are yeah 
we're all just little kids. If we look at God and he's been here, if you believe in God, God's been here before all of us. He will be here after all of us. So no matter how old we are, compared to God, we're just a kid, no matter how old. We're little babies. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, you should say? I could, I could ramble forever because I just want, I want people, like we were talking about before this, or maybe I said it in this, I'm not sure. Uh, I want people to live in freedom and victory. Yeah. That's my goal for my whole life. And what I don't want for people is for them to feel the way I did for so long unnecessarily. Yeah. So, so if we I just, know that yeah. that's like such your thing. So, now that we're talking about that, let's talk about how you can help those that want to get out of that. Because <laughs> I know that Hope has been studying to be a life consultant and really ready for that. Mm. So, do you want to talk about how people can reach out to you or what your steps are or just tell them how they can reach you so that they can have the breakthroughs that I always have and I know that everyone around you does. Thank you. Um, thank you, Dory. <laughs> I was like, that sounded really ingenuine. Thank you. Um, that's awesome. I well, I'm not I'm not studying to be a life consultant. I'm oh, not okay. I'm not at the Correct me. <laughs> I'm not a mountain top. Does that make sense? <laughs> here's sure. here's the thing, guys. I'm not an expert, but I can help you to where I am. Mm. You know, so I'm whatever that means to you, whatever you got out of today, if you want to contact me. Um, you can do it through Instagram if you just want to DM and get a process started, whatever you think. Or we can just have um, a conversation about what consulting would look like with me. Um, you can find me at Hope Jubilee. That's J-U-B-I-L-E-E, like the parade, <laughs> on Instagram at Hope Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know for sure I'll probably be your first client because, girl. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on the podcast and saying yes to me because this has been amazing. I think I'm having breakthroughs and I really, really believe that like the people listening are going to have that same experience and really take in what you've said today because I think we all really needed to hear that. So I love you and I thank Thank you you for coming on and I'm so thankful for your wisdom. Thank you, Dory. Of I love course. you. I love you too. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're all feeling fluffy. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of Tell It All.